Hello, everybody. Hi, I'm Auntie AK, and welcome to your aunties with could never with never your aunties could never. I'm here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shade. Hey, ladies, how you doing? Good, good, hey. good. Very good. This is episode like 38. Where, as you were saying before, we're getting old, man. Mm. Uh, mind how you say that. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting old we're getting older yes but yes okay guys let's get into it um who are we welcoming to the family this week please okay this week we are welcoming the one named lewis hamilton born in stevenage and um really lewis has just had a tremendous career at 35 years young he is now seven times champion and number one Formula One racer in the world. And really it's just a huge big up to the Don Gargan name, Lewis Hamilton. Welcome to the family and salute. My fellow Canadian. What is he, a nephew or an uncle? Where is he? He's 35, what does that mean? He's a brother. Bro, mm -hmm. 35, does that make you an uncle? I don't know, you know. Well, my brothers are 35 and they're uncles. Uh, He's an uncle brother. He ain't a nephew. He's a young, a young unc. He's a, young a cousin. Uncle. You know what, cousin? He's a cousin. I like that. Okay. Yeah, he probably is my cousin because, like I said, he's Grenadian. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, no, I understand. We claim all the Ghanaians too. Not yeah. too, man. Okay, welcome, cousin Louis, to the family. The Christmas should be on him. <laughs> yeah, and, every, and every Christmas. <laughs> and every Christmas. <laughs> Okay, guys, it's every holiday, everything. Into the news, what have we heard? What have we heard? I think Auntie Sade. So I'm going first this week. The Fresh Prince of Belair is 30 years old. They had a 30 year reunion. Or was it 30 years since they finished? I can't remember. But they just had like a big old reunion bringing back all of the characters. I love Fresh Prince of Belair when I was growing up. It was like my go to show, totally immersed in that world and just wanted to live that. <laughs> Life and everything, so I was really excited about watching the reunion. I didn't actually, I should clarify, I didn't actually watch watch the reunion. What I did watch was the red table talk with Will Smith. I thought that was pretty interesting because he had a moment where he bought the original Aunt Viv, so Janet Huber, the dark skin yeah. Aunt Viv, for those that aren't sure, who got replaced in season four. So she done three seasons and then she got replaced in season four with a lighter skin actress oh so bad i can't remember her name Kathy maxwell reed okay so that was always like an area of contention for me i remember when i was growing up because i was just like i really liked original art viv it was always a thing but i didn't really know obviously being so young what the issue was and in this red table talk they basically talked through their problems and the issues surrounding it so basically i would say that janet kind of accused will of bullying he kind of accepted it. He said he was sorry. We can go through it in more detail when we're talking about it. But do you think sorry is enough? It's 30 years. She said that what he done, what he said was basically the kiss of death. She had, you know, she's saying that she, you know, has been clearing her family name. Is Will Smith sorry enough? So I watched the reunion, not the Red Table Talk. I haven't seen that yet. And it was interesting because what I found most 
eye-opening was the fact that she didn't get fired. There was this whole thing of she got fired because she was darker skinned and they wanted to replace her with a lighter skinned woman. That was the rumour. That's what everyone thought had happened. It was like a major colorism thing. And it actually wasn't that. Will Smith admitted that he did not make the set very comfortable. She was going through her own problems. She was in a very abusive marriage. She was pregnant at the time, which I didn't know. I didn't know that she was pregnant for real. I thought it was just something they threw in the storyline. So she was pregnant. She was going through her own thing. She was very like within herself because she said she didn't know who to trust and all of that stuff. And they offered her a deal, which was unacceptable for, you know, someone of her caliber who'd held up the show and done so much. So they offered her a deal which was unworkable with her baby and her family life and all of that stuff and didn't allow for her to do anything else. They basically said to her, you have to work for us from this period to this period and you can't do anything else while you're doing that. So she said to them, I don't accept this deal. And then they came back and said, well, we're going to replace you. So then she said, okay, if that's how it has to be. She was not happy with it. She said it was very heartbreaking for her at the time. And then she also said that she didn't understand why Will felt the need to go off and say some of the things that he did. He gave her the kiss of death. He called her difficult. And to call a black dark-skinned woman in Hollywood difficult is a kiss of death. And he admitted to that. And he said, I was a 21-year-old boy. I thought that everyone was against me. I would do things differently now. Having been, you know, I'm a father of three now. I've learned a lot. And I don't want to be that person. So it was, it, it was important for me to make amends with you. I think there's an element of is sorry enough because of what she suffered. She lost a lot. She lost family. She lost work. What he should do is give her a role in every film he does from here to eternity. But, um, <laughs> but um, it, in actual fact, she's made peace with it. We've spoken about forgiveness, who forgiveness is for, if it's for you or if it's for the person. And I feel like she said at the end of this thing, I'm now at this place and it's been great to get here. I'm just happy that they were able to resolve their own issues and how that works in terms of her career. I don't know. I'm not sure. It was just interesting to actually get the facts behind it rather than all these rumours. Like she was this difficult black woman who decided that she was worth more than the show. And that wasn't the case. I watched the reunion, watched the Red Table talk and really felt like this was very self-serving to Will Smith mm. and it was too clean and just very Hollywood. I definitely wanted their interaction to be longer. It needed to be more murky because what he did to her was disgusting really. It's not okay and sorry isn't enough. I think really she needs to be compensated with money for one, for the sorry as well. I hope she got paid for even like appearing on the reunion as it was. Like, I think definitely he owes her money and he has a production company. I think the very least he can do is work on some type of a film where she's the lead or a sitcom. Like, I think it really needs to be like, I'm really going to address this properly and not just where it's like, we'll, Will apologises and now we know that he's grown. No, what he did was shit and he kept it up for ages. And if it wasn't for social media when she did that post, really blasting him, this wouldn't have surfaced because at that time we didn't have social media. So everybody was just kind of like, Aunt Vib got replaced. Like there wasn't the dialogue between people that we didn't really like the second Aunt Viv. There wasn't the medium for that. I think he owes her a lot and I was glad that she got her words out and she didn't mince them I'm sure there was lots more that was cut out and I, I definitely got very emotional watching her just 
it, it was triggering because you know that there's so many instances where similar things can happen in your life and you don't have the chance to speak to the person and come back at them. So it was it was quite freeing watching her get her moment to say, you did this to me and there was lies told against me and I lost a lot because of the lies and literally like, you know, that clip with him and flipping to Tim Westwood where he's stating that Aunt Viv was difficult and that went around the world and it's just like, that's disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. And sorry isn't enough, you need to pay her. I was really emotional from watching the reunion actually. I was really emotional. And yes, likewise, um, Fresh Prince was the staple show. Watch it now, know things word for word. And also was sad when she was replaced. It was interesting. I really wanted to see more. And I actually wanted Will to come back because it was too clean, Auntie Nana. I felt like it was very sanitised and it was that I've healed. I'm Will Smith, I've healed. Remove the Will Smith that we love. How would you feel if it was any guy after 30 years? You just now you're deciding to make amends after 30 years and bringing it back to Will Smith. You've had the means to sort this out for a long time ago. And I, I guess everyone has to come into their own when they come into their own. So I don't want to take that away from them because sometimes you just, you're not ready. And it ha this all has to be about timing, but it did seem a little bit self-serving. And I was really heartbroken by the fact that this woman, has, her life was destroyed in such a way that to the point where her family's name, and you don't think about the repercussions of certain acts. And we can't take away from the fact that Will was 21 and he was a superstar. And as he said, on because I watched both, I watched the reunion and Red Table Talks. And I'm glad Red Table Talks showed a bit more of their conversation because the reunion had it edited down. Red Table Talks showed a few more comments between the two of them. He was 21. He said that his album had flopped. So he was at a risky moment in his career. And then he got thrown this, was superstar. And you can tell Will Smith is enough. He's enough now, even with all the therapy and the healing that he's been through. So you can imagine what he was like at 21 top show rated show of of the of the you know glowing global and all that type of stuff i can imagine and she even said that you were alive meaning you were probably a nightmare to deal with egotistical all that type of stuff so yeah i just it made me sad what she went through the fact that her son had to suffer in school her family were like our name is destroyed the fact that she wants to clear her dad's name you know in at that yeah. legacy of their surname you know i mean everyone's surname is like not everyone people's surnames are important to them you know african-americans as well their legacy of their surname and the weight and strength it carries so the way she's like i want to clear that up too sorry's not enough and i don't believe that will being will would let her just say you know handshake sorry and a hug i don't think it'll be that i think he might he must compensate and he had the means to I, I just don't see how he couldn't. And yeah, and just the commentary about a dark skinned woman being labeled difficult and that's the kiss of death. And in those days, because you never, I don't even think I've seen her in anything else. I don't think I saw her in anything else. Another thing is the thing on the industry, the power that they give young people, or stars to command everything. So this is the superstar, so we're gonna do everything that Will says and not even do your due diligence and check on that person and see what's happening and not, not obviously know this is a young boy who's, famous and probably acting like the worst Hollywood brat, but yet you're going to take everything he says for gospel and then dismiss this woman so easily. And was she more easily dismissed because she was a dark skinned woman, because she was a black woman and, you know, they're a dime a dozen. So yeah, it just, it, it stirred a lot of feelings. And it was interesting that they, um, Daphne and, um, I'm about to say Vivian, Janet hadn't met ever. So on the reunion, they had their first ever meeting after 30 years. They'd never met.
which was a nice moment. And even when that when she was in the reunion, the way they hugged her and came back to her, it seemed like there was genuine love there because it just seemed like she's been a horrible witch, even bipolar. And she did something before she cast Will, some sort of kind of weird creative arts thing. So I actually thought she was ill as well. So there's all this rumors about her. So yeah, um, sorry is not enough <laughs> to answer. It was really disappointing, right? Because Will definitely, like, throughout my life, he's definitely one of those actors that I've always watched his work. He seems like the safe, <laughs> the safe black actor, yeah, I yeah. guess. It's just disappointing to me because it's like, oh, no, nah, the, the mirage is just shattering. It's you too. Do you know what I mean? I don't like that aspect. Also, I think a couple of things. So one, this whole 21 thing, yeah and no. You can still be decent at 21. You chose not to be. And everybody around you allowed you not to be as well, kind of thing. And I think that there is something about that that needs to be addressed because I'm pretty sure there's 21-year-olds now still talking to people in certain ways and still messing up people's careers because of foolishness. And that needs to stop, 100%. Obviously, back then, there weren't as many workers' rights or actors' rights as there are now definitely 100% she needs to be compensated in some sort of way or she should maybe sue the production company before unfair no it wasn't it's not dismissal but just like having an unfair deal do you know what I mean presented as the only option I just thought that Will although he's like oh you know he's grown but in the time you've grown it's taken it to get to this 30 year reunion for you to address it to put rumors mm -hmm. in it to kind of like clarify what actually had gone on. Do you know what I mean? So I thought like, mm, I just I just didn't like this. I just thought it was like really fake. That's what I thought. And I, I, I was sitting there watching it thinking, yeah, I get this whole, oh yeah, we're friends now, all that kind of stuff, but they're both actors. That's, the, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> so it's not gonna, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. gonna be in her best interest to still hold an attitude mm -hmm. on camera. Do you know what I mean about it kind of thing? To a certain extent she has to play that role and he has to play his role. I just thought that, especially in the Red Table talk, like it was just all not him dealing with his ego at that age. That It was kind of like, that was almost like passed over. Like, oh, that's normal because of your circumstances. I just don't buy that narrative. Not all 21 year olds who are on their way to stardom act like that. They don't. Do you know what I mean? And I just think he just didn't do enough in the meantime to help her really, or to just, just to put things to bed. And I just think it just shows aspects of his toxic behaviour. Do you know what I mean? Also for Red Table Talks, I did feel like the um, the woman they had in as the as his psychiatrist or therapist was really molly coddling. Oh, yeah. And there was no like- She was so biased. She was yeah. so apologetic, like apologizing for him almost. And I understand, again, it's like, and I forget that he grew up in an abusive childhood home, but then it doesn't, and as you said, Auntie Sade, it, it doesn't excuse the behavior. I, I think you don't have to be 21 and bad just because you come from a bad situation. A lot of us come from fucked up situations and we doesn't make us act extremely bad towards others. I was annoyed with the therapist because I just felt she was an apologist and she didn't challenge him to deal with certain things that came out of that. But I did want to hear his rebuttal and because it felt like he didn't, his thing was like letting the other person talk and listening. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's the part that made it untrue because I'm sure he might have had some validating points. And even if it's not about arguing and saying, but, 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 but you can, you can state your claim, but it's this kind of, I really healed and I'm not going to challenge. And I'm not going to, it just seems like one side. And I wanted, I wanted 
to hear more. I wanted them to go back and forth. I wanted not, maybe that's my titillation, but I just wanted to hear the truth a bit more because... No, I was going to say that the truth of the matter is they didn't go into how disposable black women are in Hollywood. Mm. And that's what he really needed to go into and explain and actually like position himself to be a part of the erasure because by all accounts, James Avery wasn't a fan of his either, but he decided that I'm going to act my socks off to get his approval. Mm -hmm. Now with Aunt Viv, you decided, oh, she doesn't like me, she needs to go. Why was that not addressed? It's just, there were so many things where it's like, you haven't healed in any way. This was PR. You needed a new take on the 30th year and this was a really good take on it. And, you know, I, I just hope that she got some green, but I'm not buying it for a second. This this was absolutely PR. It's ego, isn't it? And if you listen to Jada talk about Will and when they've had problems, it's been because of his ego. You know, mm. I'm going to build this house and you're going to do this and you're going to do that and you're going to like it because that's what I'm going to do. Like, we know he's got a massive ego. I think you're right. It was more about him than it was about Janet. I just oh, hope yeah. she gets paid. The, the only thing that niggle, kind of niggled at me, and I don't know how to articulate it, was, as you said, Nana, that thing of, in the moment, the erasure of black women. And there is something about the colorism and the shadism, shadism of it, but I don't know if I can articulate it without sounding like a moaning, dark-skinned woman. But there was something, I wonder if he looked at her as just dismissible. Even down to, like, what was the taste in women? Who did he rate? Because that, that has an effect, especially when you're a young guy. It has an effect on how you see and treat women accordingly, because... You know, if you feel like well, she's just any any woman or whatever, even though he said he held her in high regard, would if it was someone like uh, who else? Vanessa Williams was it Vanessa Williams the who cameoed in the show once or twice? Is Vanessa Williams, isn't it? Yeah. The Miss America beauty pageant. Yeah. Well, yeah. that Vanessa Williams because there's yeah. two. There's a dark yeah, that one, not the dark one, one, the actress um, slash America's beauty. Sorry, what was it Miss World or something like that? Would he have done that to her subconsciously or consciously? So there's something about that, but. You know, we'll probably never get that conversation. And that is the conversation that's missing around the erasure of black women. I actually thought it was good that he was in the listening position. Sure. And I thought that, that that you don't really see that often. Often you do see like defending myself, do you know, do you know what I mean? And it's like, it doesn't really resolve anything. Do you know what I mean? And she needed that opportunity to speak. So I thought that was well-crafted. But it did kind of position mm. him into like, oh, he's taking the punches. Look at strong will. Like, oh, my God, he's grown so much. It's just like, get the fuck out of here, man. You're supposed to take these punches. <laughs> you done wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, seriously, and you haven't addressed it. You've been a coward and you haven't addressed it for 30 years. I think that the colorism thing was definitely a big deal. He didn't deal with it either. Do you know what I mean? I just thought it was interesting that he chose to use the phrase threatened. He felt threatened by her. He didn't say by her. He said threatened by everybody. He didn't so say her and then everybody. Do you know what I mean? But he was yeah. threatened by her as a person and what yeah. she represented. Do you know what I mean? Where he wasn't threatened by other people. So it was just like that teamed with being a dark-skinned woman, being accomplished. He knew what he was doing. He knew, do you know what I mean? He knew the impact of his actions. He might not have known they would have lasted this long. Do you know what I mean? But he knew the impact of his actions and he knew that he had the power to do so. Otherwise, he just wouldn't have done it. Do you know what I mean? It's easy to hide behind or 
say things that can't be proved. Like, so you didn't know what they were offering. That's easy to say. No one can really prove that. You didn't yeah. know this. How can you not know? You went, but anyway, like if you didn't want her there, she weren't there anymore. Do you know what I mean? You had an issue, yeah. then she weren't there. Those are the facts. Yeah. So I just think like as much as I've got admiration for this man, it's just like, again, it's just, ugh. Problematic. Like, <laughs> for me, for me, the real issue is like I think you have to take that he twenty one with a. You have to bear that in mind slightly. You can take that into consideration, I'm but not, I'm not going to take that. Into what I was going to say is that he's he was twenty one, and I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying he was twenty one. For me, the issue is that he's fifty one now or fifty two, and it took him this long because mm. along your journey, you must have known that you fucked up, that this was wrong. You know, you your trajectory has been like this, mm. and you've been able to do that off the back of you being successful in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So that's what I take issue with. You've had problems with your, you know, raising your children. You've seen certain things, but it's taken you at this point. So I'm not going to dismiss him being twenty one because if you look at a lot of people that are famous early, they go for a whole heap of bullshit, right or wrong. And I think one of you guys said that that needs to be addressed. I think you, Auntie Shade, said that that should be addressed and how these youths are given all this leeway to deal with people in their careers. But for me, it's the fact that it took you this long to get to the point where you're like, well, actually, I, I did do something wrong. And then even how you've dealt with it, you haven't dealt with it 100% how you should. And it is because she has been more, she's called you out, but she's been forgiving. Because yeah. she could have done an interview without him and just been like, nah, I'm okay. But she's been forgiving. Maybe that's because she wants to try and get her career back on track. I don't know. I'll be like, but... you're my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't have taken him that long. It's not even just the time. I felt like the executives around him, because remember, Will Smith is also the talent. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he was the lead talent, but the executives around him were not young. And they allowed this to happen because that's the status quo. A black woman who is deemed as has an opinion and has the right to voice it and is actually like asking for what she's worth, that's problematic to them as well. Coupled with Will being like, I don't care for her, it's very easy. HR just came up with a strategy to get rid of her. Like mm -hmm. 20 weeks of work and you can't work anywhere else is ridiculous. Nobody would accept that. And they knew this. How would she survive? So you're either going to let her starve and come to set or she's going to leave. Fundamentally, you did not care about her welfare. And I think that as well, if he was really being honest, he needed to throw some people under the bus as well. Some names needed to be called of the executive who have probably had a pattern of doing this to various women throughout their careers. And Will aside, there's people that were above him that have done this to hundreds of black women. And that's also a big topic to explore if he really wanted to do some good in the world and actually like change things, that's where he needs to be headed. That should be the next red table talk. Uh, let's get some comments please before we move on. We, we have lots of hellos from everybody. Hello Hi. to everybody that's watching us. And then Aquia has said, you're right, Auntie AK. Will realised that he could sideline the dark-skinned, super-talented woman. He displays society's fears of the real African woman. She is the mother of humanity, and this is what racism is about. That's, so far, our only comment. Sorry, Ronald has one. He said, Will has a lot of clout in Hollywood. He can help her get a job. Hi, Ronald. But yes, agreed. He should pay her bills for the rest of her life. Um, <laughs> I said, <"Get> to <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not just fans, though. The legacy, man. 
Yeah, for real. Your dad died, yeah, without you being able to clear your name. That's yeah, that's a lot. There's not enough money. There's not enough money for that. Okay, next topic. My favorite person. <laughs> Pretty Patel is back in the news. Our home secretary has been accused and found guilty of bullying her staff members. And lo and behold, Boris hasn't sacked her. He actually set the tone for this review in terms of like bullying and sent out a letter to all of the ministers saying like bullying will not be accepted. And, you know, we have to have a cohesive relationship with our staff, blah, 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 as Boris would do. And then once he's presented with a case of bullying that has gone to review and she has been accused of bullying her staff members, he's like, okay, yeah, she can apologise and she doesn't lose her job. Further to that, what I wanted you guys to speak on is what do you think about this? But also, what do you think Pretty Patel has on Boris? <laughs> Why he doesn't seem to be able to get rid of this one? Um, <laughs> she might be baby number, number five. <laughs> you know what? The, the only thing that did cross my mind, although, I, you, do you know what I mean? This woman is a witch, uh, I, definitely. But I will say that as a person of colour, it is very, very easy, especially when you have power to get that bullying label, it is ridiculously easy. So I am looking at this in a very sceptical way, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't necessarily put it past her, but I think it's so easy. I think she could raise her voice and she would be seen as super aggressive. I think that she could interrupt someone and they would say that, you know, my, my self-esteem has been damaged because I can't finish a point. I think that she could, do you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think that she, she could do anything and it would be because she's another. So yeah, I know that's a bit of an alternative position but I'm, I'm not I'm not too sure about this one to be honest not saying that the things that she's you know she stands for are not heinous they are do you know what I mean but I just think as a person of colour it's so easy to get that bullying cut to be honest why did you do that you've made me look at her differently now I had a whole speech of like how she's this and that and other and now I'm like you know what <sighs> you're right because the thing is she's a person of colour and she's a woman and mm. if you're a woman in power and you're a person of colour you could say boo and people are like I feel so threatened, oh mm. I'm so scared, you're so scary oh, and, and you're not saying anything different to what the white man next to you has said or the white woman next to you has said 10,000 times so oh, Auntie Sade, why did you make me have sympathy for Preeti Patel <laughs> I can play some of her apology which might help you feel less the um, Alex Allen report, you have apologised, um, but do you accept the findings of the report that you were bullying and that you broke the ministerial code? Well, first of all, I have unreservedly apologised for what was published last week in terms of the report's findings. I've not seen the report, so I can't comment. You've seen any the further. comments that he made that you broke I, and, the ministerial and I, code and, and that you were you, what your behaviour will be deemed as bullying. Do you accept those findings? Well, first of all. 
I have given an unreserved apology about that. And it's important to recognise in terms of the code that the Prime Minister is the arbiter of that code yeah. and he makes the judgments accordingly as well. I just wonder what your now, view is. I, I, my view wait, 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 wait. An unreserved apology to anybody that has been upset by anything that has taken place. What are you apologising for? What behaviour of yours are you apologising for? If people felt upset. <laughs> But and that it's important. If people felt upset by what? On the um, Alex, <laughs> so that's <laughs> so, so, the, so. The thing is, yeah, the thing is, I heard that earlier, and I was like, yeah, no, she, th she this woman, it. she's got to be stopped. She's a she's a witch, right? But what makes me laugh is that her points in that were <laughs> I unreservedly apologise for something that I don't know what it is because I haven't read the report. But if people felt a certain way. Yeah, I'm sorry. And the Prime <laughs> Minister, he's the one that has to say yes or no to this thing. And this is what's interesting. I just read that. So Jonathan Evans is saying that they're looking at whether or not the Prime Minister should have sole discretion over these ministerial offences, because it's him that gets to say yes or no, what's going to happen? Should this person be sacked, this, that, any other? And it's like, why should he be the only person? Surely it should be like a group of people that say something. So yeah, I, I apologise for doing something. I, I don't know what I did. I'm not going to read it. I don't care. But yeah, I apologise because I have to, is what she basically said. It's her vo vocal tone for me that stresses yeah. me hell out. <laughs> it's the way, I don't know what she's got on for us. It's, it's something. It's, and you know what? I feel like new laws get written in, like in pencil at the bottom of the laws, just so like, look, we can accommodate this. It's very house of cards. She's got something on him like, offshore accounts, the 15th child, you know, I don't know, something, it's got to be something that can bring his whole house down because why? And it shouldn't, and the thing is, bullying is such a thing, like bullying is such a big thing that a, a government official should not be in the realms of being accused of and getting away with in the public, like it doesn't make any sense. I've I'm not even delved into the story, I just saw the top line and read a little bit and listened to that apology. I just don't care, I don't know what pretty has got going on, but I do, there is an element, and this makes you feel sorry for her, is the extra level of layer of racism that can be heaped upon her. Because you do see on social media, the way that when people are cussing her, there's an extra vim and venom directed to her, which, I, which women get for sure. And, you know, Margaret Thatcher had her fair share of all to be extreme, but pretty there's an extra level of racism that you know is coming with people cussing her. So that's why, like, I get it. It could be that, you know, she's stern, she knows her business. She could just be like, you know what, I ain't got time for this. Whatever, whoever she bullied or whoever she's in, stopped from talking or doing whatever. She's like, listen, I've got shit to do. Let me get cracking. It's the same thing like when people accuse Naomi Campbell of being a bitch. The woman is busy. She's got shit to do. And sometimes her forthright and direct tone is what it is. I've heard it, seen it, and I appreciate it. When you're busy, you ain't got time for people messing about. So, gosh, Auntie Sade, yes. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> okay, pretty. We get it. However, We're no pretty fan club over here, you know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm saying, like, future, not really. <laughs> it's that thing, and, and her apology is not an apology. Politics speak 100, 101. How to, you know, if they feel sorry, I apologize to them for It's that horrible apology, isn't it? If you think I've done something wrong, okay, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't really, I didn't do nothing wrong. We all know that Pretty is a bully. Like, really, we know that she is a bully. She's even bullying Boris. I have three <laughs> things that I think she has on him. I think that she is doing a thing with the girlfriend, the, the latest baby mother. They're in cahoots together. 
that could be oh, her lover. Sorry, pause. Oh, oh. you're not saying lover. I thought doing a thing as in business thing, but you actually think they're physically together. No, no. Pretty and the baby mother, I think they're in a relationship, physical oh. relationship together. Allegedly. That's one theory. Okay. Allegedly. The other one is that Boris may have killed somebody and Pretty knows where the body is. They've known each other for a long time, so she knows where the skeletons lie. Allegedly. The other thing is that she literally is continuously topping up Boris's money that has been allowing him to be PM so that she can get PM afterwards. So the last Home Secretary that we had was Theresa May. Mm. Pretty could be next Prime Minister and she's in cahoots with Boris. She's topping mm -hmm. up his pay so that when he stands down in the spring, she's going to do something because you know that we're in this racist country, we're in the 1800s. So they love her, really. The majority of the UK love Pretty and she could be the next PM. Those are my theories. Two of them are wild, but the first one, <laughs> the third one, yeah. mm, it's possible. Uh, but we do have a lot of comments. All right, Antoinette. Hmm. Miss Patel will get served what she deserves. She said that her actions would be would have repercussions, and she will be looking to the brown-skinned people for sympathy. No, we kept receipts. We know how she flexed. Preeti and <laughs> and I have a jumbo-sized pack of popcorn to munch while I watch this play out. She is probably being labelled as a bully because she is. She has shown us how she operates towards people of colour, so I have no sympathy. I have seen how she has talked about BLM and the Windrush situation, so now nah. Boris is a waste man and has to defend her because he, he appointed her. Those are Antoinette's opinions. Next one is from Nicola. She says, Auntie Sade, I am loving your hair. <laughs> like she speaks like that. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, uh, Aquia says, Not so, Miss Pretty P is a bully. <laughs> Why do you think she would be different to her staff? I think she's a perfect yes massa in the big house. She's got nothing on the prime minister, she's just a perfect guard dog. Those are Aquia's opinions. Um, and Nicola says, Auntie Nana, you're so funny. Murder, you know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and Ronald said, I love a good old conspiracy theory. So do I. <laughs> and just to clarify, these are all conspiracy theories. We cannot prove them. They're just ideas and thoughts. And please, I beg, alleged. These are not the opinions of the aunties. Out loud. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, and all those things. <laughs> but I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, she's very happy in her position. I, I do feel, I don't know. I don't know what, when people are this, like, what does she do when she goes to bed? And she takes off her, I was going to say her wig. <laughs> do you know what <laughs> I, I envisioned? I envisioned, you know, the witches when, you know, the original <laughs> witches, when everything just comes off and you've got this not so pretty oh, person underneath. But um, yeah, I just wonder what she does when she talks to her husband. I wonder if her husband's like, okay, wife, you know, like, let's tone it down. How would you lot rebrand Pretty? If she was to run for prime minister, if she was gonna get the stop slot, how would you rebrand her? What would you, three words of advice you'd give to her to improve her image? Look. Go on. In mirror. 
<laughs> oh, I say three words. It's not three words. Sorry. <laughs> That's why I said look in mirror. Because <laughs> if she looks in the mirror, she might actually see herself, and then she might actually see that she is not these people that she's standing next to, and then she might actually go and spend some time with the people who she's supposed to be representing, and then she might be a fairer person. That's what she needs to do because currently she's deluded. She's got some different kind of glasses on or she's been hypnotized or drugged or something, allegedly, because <laughs> something's, something's not right. Or maybe the other one, seek therapy. Maybe that, maybe that should be compulsory for anyone who becomes an MP, <laughs> that they should have some sort of test to make sure that they're um, of sound mind, sound and fair mind. How about that? That's what I would say. Honestly, I think if she wants to win, keep doing what you do, mate. Because the majority of people in the country like it. So I, Do you think I, she'd get it? Do you think if she was if she was put to the vote, she would get it? No, I don't no. I don't actually. I can't remember the name of the guy. I always confuse him with Dominic Cummins. It's not him. Um I think he talked about not kneeling. There's no when people are taking the knee for Black Lives Matter. What's his name? Dominic Robb. Yes, that's the guy. Yeah, I think him. Yeah. I think he would get it. He could be the PM. Three things for Preeti. I would tell her to exactly the same. Keep doing what you're doing. Get the job and then switch it on them. Because I know, I see I see a glint in her eye. Like, literally, she could get the job and then she, she's just going to be for the people and we're all going to be like, that's how you do it. You get them on side. They think that you're one of theirs. You get in there, and then she's gonna she's gonna be like, "No, nah, the borders are open." She's just gonna be like one of the best prime ministers we've ever had. Oh, I'm, Auntie Nana! I need to call somebody to check Auntie Nana's what's been. <laughs> it's the same pill that she takes about Trump. I haven't slept much. <laughs> Have you got any quick comments? We move on. Nicola says, "Join Omarosa, <laughs> Katie Hopkins." and herself and start a political girl band. Oh my, God. my story is about Boris's latest announcement about what happens to us post lockdown. So surprisingly, because I didn't think he would actually do this, we are coming out of lockdown from the 3rd of December. However, he did announce what everyone thought would happen is that we will revert back to the three-tier system. So with that, he is set to announce what the rules are for Christmas. And there's a bunch of other things flying around about this, the vaccine and who has to take it and whether or not we're going to be forced to take it for traveling and things like that. One of the things they're saying is that he's going to allow for three families to mix during Christmas. But this all comes when we've reached the highest death rate since May for COVID cases. So there's been over 2000 deaths. And that's the highest that we've had since May. So I just wanted to get your thoughts about whether or not you think the latest lockdown actually did anything. I'm confused as to what's happened, to be honest. I don't really know. Apart from walking down Oxford Street and it being empty, yet the tubes are still full when I go when I do go into the office. I just think this one's been a weird one. I don't think people have quarantined the way they're supposed to. Um, it wasn't as rebellious as I thought it would be because they weren't as enforceful as I thought they would be. I have no idea what it's done. I don't think it's done anything. I have no idea about COVID anymore. It's all confusing. And I think I read an article today that the boss of Qantas Airlines said that more than likely you're going to need um, to prove that you've had a vaccine to get on the, his planes. So if you're going to Australia, then this is the problem. And I'm going to go to other places. I'm confused. I'm looking forward to, 
Actually, I don't even know. Yeah, maybe restaurants or something, going to eat something, going out. But otherwise, I'm just confused. I don't know what difference it's made. I just think the whole world's in a confusion and I don't know what's what to expect. They, we knew that they were going to lift it and make it a little bit more comfortable for Christmas. The three-tier system, I don't know, I guess London's going to be exempt and then up north is going to have the whole battle between north and south again. I don't know. I just don't know. I have no answer. Yeah, I, I'm equally as confused, but nothing much has changed for me this time round anyway. So I found it okay. And I haven't travelled much this year. So if I can't travel much next year, it's cool. I, I won't be taking a vaccine first time round, second time round. Like I think folks can can do all of that and we can see how many people get sick. And, you know, it, it's just, it's such a risk. And I feel like this is like the height of scaremongering. I really don't think that they're going to roll this vaccine out the way that the news and the media is portraying at all. In the same way that once this started, you know, they were talking about the millions of people that were going to die. I feel like it's exactly the same thing. It's just to create a panic and folks go around like headless chickens thinking, oh my God, like we're going to have to have a vaccine to fly when most of these people don't even leave the country anyway. It's like, yeah, no, nah. I'm, not, I'm not buying it for a second, really. There, there is no hype. I will see my family at Christmas. We'll do all of the Christmassy things. I very rarely go out on New Year's Eve anyway. So to me, this is like, welcome to my world. <laughs> I don't really mind too much. It's been okay. For me, the, the good thing that's come out of this is the extension of the furlough scheme. That's that's what I think is great. Do you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of people can benefit from that. Other than that, does it really feel that much different? It's not as bad as the first lockdown. Still go out, do bits. It's not like total oppression or anything like that. With regards to taking the vaccine, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really on being a guinea pig at all. I've got to see that a couple rounds first. <laughs> like, like, I've got to see there's no side effects. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're not the major risk group either. So, well, from what they say anyway, do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't think there's any there's there's any need or I don't feel the pressure to in order to take it. The only thing that I do think would be annoying is having to be able to go on holiday because I do travel quite a bit. If I would have to take it then, then maybe I have to sit my ass down for a little bit or find other methods. I have to go by boat. <laughs> Tunnel underground. <laughs> or maybe someone could hurry up and invent teleportation and then and it will be good. <laughs> I'm not going to be the first, second round of that either because my legs might be in Ghana and then my head would be in freaking Jamaica. No, no. <laughs> I don't even know if I'd be 10th in line or 10th bout of the test because some of these things, it takes years for you to see mm. what the side effects are. So mm. I'm a little bit sceptical about any of these things. And then would it be like the flu vaccine? Would you have to get a new vaccine every year because it, it mm. changes so much and then you, they don't know what it is. So they just, let's try this. You know, I'm not about that. The thing that would bother me is not being able to travel because they are in talks at the moment about whether or not you do need to have a vaccine to travel. It would just be a case of you might have to know a man that knows a man that knows a man that knows a man that's got a certificate. Not me. Yeah. I would never break the law and say that I've done something that I haven't got. But, you know, like back in the day when people used to get people to take their driving tests. What like, hey, what about like, do you remember the McDonald's scratch cards when you get the recent doctor them to get like, 
a Big Mac instead of when you got fries or an apple pie. Back in the day, we used to get on the bus and you used to like, like and and your bus to get like change the date. You just think, well, there was some craftsmanship, but yeah. Not a suggestion that we expect. Mm, we're not suggesting this at all. At all. Don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. Bad. But it's just, it, you know, there's lots of discussions about what they think is going to happen. But I, I think, Auntie Nana, you're definitely right. There's an element of um, scaremongering there. Because there are, if you look at the continent of Africa, their cases are not, and their control of it is so much better than everywhere else in the world. They're not talking about having a vaccine in these countries. So what are we doing? And I just, I just, well, I know like there's certain people that are trying to chat and say like we're going to be guinea pigs over there, but there's a lot of people that aren't, aren't having it. What are we doing and why are they trying to force us to do that? What else is involved in this vaccine? Why must I have it? You know, I, I don't know. I'm just anti-vaccine. If it's forced too much, I'm yeah. anti that shit. I'm not interested. Nana, do you want to get some comments? We've had quite a few comments. Um, yeah, so Antoinette has said, aunties, do you know why it is that China is nearly back to pre-COVID conditions without a vaccine? But we are forcing the issue in the West and pushing for people to get a vaccine. Uh, Akria has said, the best thing is building my immunity. It is the flu after all. And yes, as Auntie Farah says, there is always a black market. And then Red Border has said, hello, what have I missed? And Antoinette has said, yes, Auntie Farah, the black market in COVID test certificates, full seas will rise. I would no, never let, buy one. Yeah, let me just, let me just put this yeah, out no there. I'm not encouraging anybody. I'm not encouraging anybody to do anything illegal. I am just saying that these are the things that will happen should they push this through. Yeah. There will be a whole range of yeah. people getting stuff on the black market. It will happen. Mm -hmm. Do we know why China's gone back to pre-COVID conditions? Have no idea. It must be herd, immu herd immunity and... They just know how to deal with it because they yeah. Yeah. quickly and they dealt with stuff like this before and they didn't yeah. fucking panic. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and their countries aren't, um, what do you call it, aren't at the mercy of pharmaceutical companies either. Our government was too slow and it's been the same in America as well. And everywhere else have kind of like, okay, this is happening and they've treated it a lot more seriously sooner. So I think that has a massive element of why we're where we're at. I think that uh, that China are doing this because they already have their population under control. You know, your phone dictates everything in China. So your bank account, your social standing, where you're going, everybody's tracked enough where they don't have to do this vaccine. I do think that this vaccine intake will allow the West to implement a lot of what China has already in terms of tracking and also being able to ascertain their populations. Like I think that's more, so it's not that China are doing anything better in a way, they're just using different methods. They already have their population on lock and this is the West attempt to do the same using COVID as an excuse. We shall see. I think this is perfect segue into my new story because this is how they're gonna do it. So I was browsing and I saw this story in the New York Times about businesses that now sell fake people. So we're in a world where new money maker business, <laughs> new money making scheme is that um, if you want to create a fake person, you go, you can go to the website generated.photos and buy a unique worry-free fake person for $299 or 1,000 people for $1,000. 
Or if you feel like your company looks too white, you can make your company website appear more diverse on thispersondoesnotexist.com. And if you want your people to talk and move, you can go to thispersondoesnotexist.com. Oh, sorry, thispersondoesnotexist.com. I think that might be the wrong website. But also Clearview AI have created an app that can recognize people from one photo. So the creation of these types of fake images only became possible in recent years, thanks to a new type of artificial intelligence called a gener generative advers adversarial network. So you feed a computer a bunch of pro bunch of photos of real people. It studies them and tries to come up with its own photos of people. And then another part of the system tries to detect which of these are fake. And between the two of them working back and forth, they then create an image that or profile that's pretty much undetectable as being fake. This is what, where we're going. We currently, well, we as in some people currently use their faces to unlock their phones, and we can organize our photos by using software to sort through images by the people that you know, and you know we can unlock our phones with our thumb, our fingerprints, and all that type of stuff. So, what do you think? Would you ever use this? <laughs> could you think of a reason why you'd ever use this technology? Are you scared of this technology? And do you use facial recognition and thumbprint tech and stuff like that? And this is another part of what we were talking about before in ways of them controlling us. Can we avoid it? So I don't use facial recognition technology. I don't actually, or thumbprint technology either. Don't know why, but my thing is, I just have a dish, a healthy distrust of like the companies that hold that information. I don't trust it enough at the moment, really and truly. I don't know what it will take for me to trust it, but I don't trust it enough. But I do remember maybe about 15 years ago, being in like an office and them having like fingerprint to like get in the office and stuff. Like I didn't, I didn't have it, but like the people in the office did. And I thought that was interesting. So this technology has been around for a little bit. I don't really get the fake people. So you get a fake person and, and then what? Like they're not, they're not real. So how are they working for you? I don't, I get don't know how it works as in because it, like you can diversify your company. So maybe it's just your board. You can create, I don't know how it works until people can delve down and be like, well, this person definitely doesn't exist. But I said, I think it could be like background people. So you create all these photos and if your board looks totally white, you can maybe throw in a couple of fake profiles. Oh, right. right. Okay. And then there's yeah. other technology where you can get these people to actually talk and act like real people. So however much level of deception, you know, this is like Mr. Evil type stuff. Like if you want to go that far down the line with your company or deceiving people, there are means to do it at this point for not to... So well, you, can make your, you can make your company look bigger than what it is or more successful or more diverse. <laughs> but they do that with stock images anyway, don't they? Do you know what I mean? A lot of companies get found yeah. out by that, that they have like black people on their website and they're not. <laughs> they don't exist. I have a very healthy distrust of technologies and the people that run them. And so I don't have face recognition. I refuse. I don't have thumbprint because why do you need it? Where is that information going? You know, I don't like any of that. I also worked for a company before and they had thumbprint to enter the building. And I, every day, used to go to the security guard and get a pass and say, oh, it, it, something's up and, and get a fake pass. And then I worked out that I didn't need to give it back every day and that it would just keep working. So I never used my thumbprint because it's just like, no, I mean, I, I also struggled with the fact that when I went to America a couple of years ago, they had to do face recognition and use your thumbprint. And I was like, nowhere's got my thumbprint. This is very disturbing to me. I'm just not on it. I'm not on these people having all this stuff. There was a place, I think it might have been in Reading 
or somewhere like that quite recently where they were trialing this thing where you used your thumbprint to pay for stuff. It was at some university campus anyway that they were doing this. And I was like, no. And they said, and they were saying that, oh, yeah, it just makes everything so much quicker because you don't have to find your card and this, that, and the other. And it's like, but people have got pay stuff on their phone, which I also don't have because I don't understand it. And I'm like, no, I don't trust that either. It took me a long time to use contactless. And the only reason why I did use contactless because I gave my card to someone and they just did it automatically. And I was really angry about it. Now I'm like, yeah, this is great because I don't have to touch the buttons. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not on it. I don't, I don't quite get this fake people thing either. <laughs> and I think you're right, Auntie Shani. They will be using it to make out like they're more diverse than they really are. Like, look at all the black people that we've got working for us, but they're all fake. Yeah, I'm not on it. I'm not all this. I'm not on this fakery. Auntie Nana. Auntie Nana? Is that the real Auntie Nana? Um, I absolutely <laughs> think that this technology has been around for years. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 No, I think this technology has been around for years. Hmm. I think, um, can you hear me? We can. What's happening? You see, like, comments on the internet. For a while, I've felt like these people were fake. Like, they're, mm. they're not real. And especially sometimes, like, the grand swell around, like, racial issues. I'm like, nah, this isn't real. Black people don't care. I don't even think white people care. It just feels like there's been a lot of fake people placed to push certain agendas. So I think it's definitely been around, particularly, like, as long as Facebook's been about. I think there's been lots of fake shit. But then also, you know, the population numbers... When will you ever see a billion people to know that there's flipping billions of us on this planet? I don't believe them for a second. I think that's like, you can make out like there's loads of people. You can make out that flipping a million people have retweeted something, but we don't know that they're real. So I can only go on the people that I know and that I see as being real. Everybody else, I think, is probably AI. It's just, it would be very easy to to create that. So yeah, I could see how it would be of benefit as well for a company. If you're in e-commerce, you could make up fake feedback posts and these people could have profiles. There's lots of ways mm -hmm. that this, and they probably do. You know, there's some dodgy companies out there and they've got like a thousand feedbacks on, on trust advisor and stuff. It's like, it's probably all of these AI folks. So I, I could see how lots of people are using it and really everybody should be mindful the next time there's this big foray that pepsi have done some shit to black people and there's lots of folks on twitter talking about it that's probably ai there's definitely bots bots have been about for time and they say that remember back in the day when they used to be more stringent when people like all of a sudden you've got a million followers you know you never got mm. that you started your account yesterday and then when they do a scrape they then you lose all the followers that you bought or paid for so bots and stuff have been around and I think all technology they're rolling out to us anyway, but apparently this specific technology has just been released into the world. Like I feel like, you know, look, from when we know that aliens exist, they do, allegedly, but I believe they do. You know, they've got this technology, they've got all this information and stuff, they just have to roll it out because they can't overload us, otherwise we will go mad. Um, instantly, I think, if we are exposed to everything that the government knows. I, I guess my question was, why would you guys ever use it? Would, would you, could you see a reason why you'd ever use it? Um, how they could make it appealing for you and your business or for your world to use it because I don't use anything just for the record 
I don't like facial um, or thumbprint. I don't even like, um, what's her name, Alexa or Siri. I don't like none of them, all of them. I had an Alexa once and I didn't like it. I don't like the idea of that. And my mom had one and it started playing music off its own back. And we were like, shut that shit down, lock it up because iRobot is real. You see when Will Smith's grandmother <laughs> had the robot and, Robert and the robots turned, I was like, nah, I'm not leaving my mum in the house with that thing for it to start going nah, 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 and eating her or something. So <laughs> I don't like none of that. <laughs> but what would you, is there anything that would convince you guys to use some fakery, fake AI technology to boost your life, some fake people in your world? If yourself. I kind of clone myself, yeah, <laughs> like, just to answer, like to answer unnecessary emails, opinions, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Like if it was programmed to know my responses of what it would be, oh mate, that that would be amazing. If I could do it and send that person, send that bot or whatever the hell it was to work, and they, could, <laughs> she said, deal with all the tedious, idiotic, <laughs> time annoying things, time wasting yeah. things things that I've said already and have to say again, oh. you deal with that. Let me just deal with the good stuff, the fun stuff, the bits that <laughs> I like. That would be perfect. Because then I don't have to train them. They just know they're in my head. They already know what would Farah say. Or I know what Farah would say. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. That's the only thing that would make me do it. That, same with me. I do junkets. I'll be like doing a press junket in the Ghana, one in America. I'll be all over the place. They'll be bare of me doing interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, it would be about making the business more efficient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I probably would as well but then I slightly do believe that there's lots of versions of us anyway so yeah, really more than AI maybe we'd be able to bring them into our dimension and then they could just all occupy one space like, so I don't want a fake version of me I want what would you do if you saw you like just walking down your high street and you're like hold on what would you do would you approach it or would you I'd be like oh you're coming <laughs> <laughs> okay wait wait set the scene seriously you're going to work, you're walking to work. You see a whole human being powering to work in their version, because maybe the streams have opened like fringe and we've opened up the space and I see Auntie AK.2 and she's like, I've got to go to work. What would what would you do really? You would like, hi, or would, I know I'd freeze for at least a, for some minutes. I'd go, hey! <laughs> yeah, 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 now I'll talk to them. I would because it would be me. She'd be me, so she'd get it. She'd say, "Ah, oh, see what's happened. The dimensions have merged." Okay. She'd get it, and we'd just be like, "Okay, yeah. how Sorry. you have to." Assert, um, I'm seeing the comments as well, but you have to assert dominance immediately. So you have to let them know you're in my dimension. I rule. Beef of yourself. But you might have woken up in theirs. You don't yeah. know. No, 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 no. What you said was right, Auntie Ak. You said Ak point two, and yeah. that, I, that resonated with me because I'm like, yeah. Whoever it is, whether I've come to you or you've come to me, I'm point one, and you got to get that. I know wow. there'd be a little argument between me and me, but <laughs> I'd win. <laughs> I'm I'm point one. Okay, this is this is what's going to happen. So let's get some comments, please. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> um. Da -da 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 -da. Ronald says there are profile pictures on Facebook and Twitter accounts that are pictures of people that don't exist. Equia says, I've been saying this for years that not everyone we see wandering around our streets <laughs> are real either. Internet says, schools currently make children pay for school dinners with thumbprint. And Nicola says, my son's school uses these biometrics for the children to get school dinners. What? And he is in secondary school. Sid says, eventually it will be a thing. There's no 
What was the what? It froze. No, no. What's happened? Oh, did I? Sorry. Okay. Hold on. Oh, wait, wait, pause. No, wait, wait, wait. Pause. Nana, where did we go two years ago? I don't trust this is the real Nana. There's a bot going on. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> Have you got internet issues? Where were we? <laughs> Which hotel did we stay at? Tell the truth. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, we was in New Orleans. No, we was in America. Nah, sorry, you nah, mate. Call security. Security. <laughs> Finish reading um Sid's message. I don't know what happened. I think it keeps glitching on the internet. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah it's very freaky. It's we can hear you. Let me read Sid's Sid's message. <laughs> Eventually, it will be a thing, and if that happens, which is very soon, would people still say no? I haven't seen cash in a long time, and when I do, it's weird. I have all transactions done with cars stored on my phone. I understand exactly how it's stored and what happens if I lose my phone. Understanding the tech is key to elevating the fears in their use. Ronald says, that would be nice until the clone decides to kill you. <laughs> and Sid says, <laughs> Sid said, I do nothing but follow slowly to notice how similar it is to me. The thing about the clone killing you, it wouldn't be able to because I'd know that that's what it was thinking. Mm. So I'd yeah. make it before it could make me. <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't watch Rick and Morty, man. Um, oh, yeah, you're saying you've you're always saying that. Yeah, yeah I need to watch they it. Do, watch they do all different dimensions, man. But he's the original Rick. Yeah, I've seen a few, and yeah, I need to watch it properly because it yeah. does make me laugh. There's, there's an episode where they go outside of time and. Um, they split their time basically, kind of thing, but he knows what others are thinking, but he outsmarts them basically. But That's yeah. what they do in fringe, so they kind of try and preempt what the second one, the bad ones, are going to do. So, yeah, there's ways. Yeah. Stephanie yeah. says, When I was in my last year of secondary school, we were made to use our fingerprints to pay for school meals, and I didn't like it at all. Yeah, yeah I, I think really dodgy especially for like young black boys when yeah. they're trying to yeah. get them for something yeah. i find that very dodgy my son yeah. would have packed lunch even yeah, that's even, what I even, yeah you're not doing that no no yeah I, you're not having I, it I actually wish my daughter was in secondary school so I can actually go back and then ask her to do it and I can go back and cuss because I was always down that school. I actually want that for a <laughs> no, no. Imagine telling my child that you've got to use your thumb to get food. Are you yeah. Let me hear that. It's not happening. Be like, well, she won't be eating. I'll be driving here every day if necessary to give her her lunch if that's what I was worthy. All right, guys, that was What Have You Heard? Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best. Nana, no, can you confirm that you're the real <laughs> Yeah, basically. No, she's not. Why is she <laughs> it's I can't. I can't remember the hotel that we went to. I, I think it was New York was the last place. Wow. I'm scared. Nana! <laughs> Nana! <laughs> if you're in there. <laughs> okay. Aunties know best. <laughs> Who has a problem that needs to be solved? I do. Well, I have like a celebrity type. Go ahead. Let's go for it. Yeah. Let's solve some celebrity problems. Basically, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw, you know, on like social media, gossip sites <laughs> that I frequent sometimes when I'm bored. So Dachavelli, he's a UK rapper who is little brother to Steph London, who's also a UK rapper. Yeah, yeah, ish. 
And basically, Dutch of Reddy, his phone got hacked. And there was accounts made where all of his messages were just posted on the account. You could see everything and everything like that. Some of them was a bit mad. <laughs> they were a bit mad. I'm not going to really go into those ones. But what was interesting, I thought, because I also come from quite a big family, lots of Steph and half brothers and sisters and all that kind of thing, was a conversation that apparently, allegedly, Steph was having with Dutch about their sister. My question, or uh, I guess my dilemma, what would you do if you, was it Android? <laughs> That's hilarious. Probably. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, what would you do if you found messages between your siblings chatting about you? I want to know what they're saying about me. What did, I, I think I missed that. I watched all of Duchovelli's thing. I must have missed the conversation about the siblings. What did they say about whichever sibling they were Basically, talking about? They were saying that the other, the, the other sister was acting like ungrateful. Basically, Steph was saying, don't bring the sister to my house. You know when you're like, you know when you're, like, you're not friends with your sister, in it? It was like, you always say it's the other one's sister. Don't yeah, exactly. Bring your sister to my house. Basically, like, don't know what's going on with her. She's acting ungrateful. Like, she was annoyed or something that Steph was the center of attention. I think she'd done a post and it was something like, oh, sorry if I'm not saying the right words, I'm paraphrasing. But it was like, uh, it feels better when, you know, that the, the typical person isn't center of attention all the time or something to that effect. Yeah, and then they had, and then Dutch already, and Steph had a back and forth, like, what the hell's going on? And Dutch was, like, basically saying, ah, oh, you know, I know she feels a bit this way and that kind of thing. But, yeah, I just thought, it's a bit mad that this is now public, isn't it? Like, you can't even deny it. And then she was, and I think Steph even said, if she knew that we was having this conversation, she would kill me. Like, she would literally kill me. Okay. So, for me, quick things. I, what can you do if you're... It will just either cause a big argument or you read what they're saying, take it on board, like, yeah, you know what, I've been a bit of a shitty sibling, so I take it on board. But if they're just gunning me and cussing me, it's just got to come out. And like, I've seen it. Cause, and then also the worst thing has gone out public. So depending what they said about me, like it could be a range of things, but anything that makes me feel like I'm going to be embarrassed to walk out on the street. So what can you do? You have to address it and suffer the consequences. But I don't know, I don't know what else I could do, but bring it up and maybe manipulate them for days and really milk it and make them feel so bad and see what I can get out of them. I mean, both my, especially if I was in the position of being a sibling to Dutch Valley and Steph London, you better pay me. This is like a Janet Hooper, Will Smith thing. <laughs> give me money, give me all the, whatever deals, PR bags, whatever you get, give me the Birkin, give me the Mac deal, give me all the stuff, the free stuff you lot get, I need it for a year and then I might be all right. So I don't know. You know, I really felt sorry for the sister. And I thought the person that did the leaking was a very shitty individual to mm. add that one in there because you know that's going to cause maximum damage in their family. It was one thing exposing his DMs mm. that that was mildly amusing, but I just felt like that family thing. Like, is, is there no code? Like, literally, like, why would you do that to somebody? So, I feel if I was the sibling who was being discussed. I'd be upset, but I probably wouldn't hold it like for too long, really, because I know that everybody talks about everybody. So unless I can say I've never spoken about my sibling before, I can't really say anything. So I'll just be hurt that it had been exposed more than anything. Not that they're talking about me. It'd be that it's been exposed and I would channel that towards the person that went and, and flipping hacked my brother's phone more than anything. 
but I hope that they do just take her to Dubai, like, get her some stuff. I'm sure she'll be fine. I come from a big family and there's a lot of us and everyone's sensitive. <laughs> More so the brothers. Um, not really. But um, yeah, so I, I feel like in families, these things happen. Like you discuss, oh, this one's pissing me off now. Or why are they being like that? Blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times, especially in my family, it just comes out anyway. So I'd like to think she'd already know by this point because it just comes out like someone's really getting on your nerves. It gets to a point where you just have it out with them. And like, even when you discuss it amongst your other siblings, well, in my family anyway, it gets to the point where we're like, just chat to them because you just need to talk to them then, isn't it? And just say what you've got to say. And then they have their own little thing and then it comes out and then they feel better and then we move on. But um, yeah, when there's a lot of you, these things, these tensions do tend to happen. And when you've got younger siblings as well, there's a whole thing of you have to start respecting them as adults because they are adults and there's only so long that you can treat them as like your younger baby when they're trying to exert their, you know, their, um, not, I can't think of the word, their adultness. That's not a word, but you know what I'm trying to say. But I, I, I would like to think <laughs> that she would have known by the time that this came out, she was like, you see, that's why you lot get on my nerves anyway. You lot want to go on like you're bad all the time and that you're always right. Look, this is a key example why you lot chat too much anyway. Can I have a bag? Can I have a car? I think you owe me. It should be that type of thing. <laughs> but if it was my little sister, I'd be like, no, you cannot have a car. Shut your mouth. You deserved it. You were ungrateful. Do one. Can I have a car? What have you done for me? I can't lie yet. Yeah. I'll be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be shocked. I'll be. I think I'll be shocked. <laughs> Even though you know it happens, yeah, in your families and that, because my family's magic. You know it happens, but I'll still be. I'll still be shocked. I would do the whole pantomime. I, I swear to God, I'll, I'll milk it. <laughs> I'll go through all the stages of grief and anger. <laughs> Seriously, no one will hear the end of it, and I would just. I would just go on and on and on. I'll be like, that's why you guys can't be trusted. Let me see your phones. Like, you know what I mean, I know you're chatting about me. <laughs> I'll go on and on and on. But I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't take it too, too deeply because it happens, isn't it? I think that your family should be at least like one of the, the safer places where you are allowed to express yourself and, and kind of say your opinions and stuff and everything like that. And it helps you work things out, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, rather than it be out of door. So. So yeah, but if I was, um, mm -hmm. that's just in my family, but if I was in a rich, famous family, boy, I'll just send them the chapters of the book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Start> negotiations. <laughs> so true. I think one of my nieces, I've got the, the nieces and the nephews, they talk about me. And one of one time um, they exposed that, it's just something silly. And I was like, I was a little bit offended because they were like, laughing and they'd sent a picture around of this ugly dress in H&M and they're like yeah that's what auntie would wear because she dresses like <laughs> a country bumpkin sometimes and I felt like I kind of was like oh they're talking about me it's quite funny but then I was like you lot are cussing me and sending pictures about what I would wear and actually I wouldn't have worn the thing because it's butt ugly as well so I was pissed off so have you guys ever actually had caught your family whatever family talking about you and been offended or been like yeah, just been a bit offended. Not maybe serious, but have you ever caught been caught anyone doing that? I mean, so okay, so, so it's not caught. It's like some of my siblings were having a discussion about how out of the sisters. So this is like one of my brothers was was talking to the sisters and saying which one of us like our personalities and who's the most rude and who's 
And it was like, Ooh. yeah, rude this. And I was like, hold on a minute. And they were like, yeah, you're just blunt. Like you would just tell it, you would just say it, innit? Like they, if no one's gonna come to you and, and get anything other than just raw bluntness. Yeah. And I was like, that's not true. This one's like that as well, but she just doesn't say it as loudly as I do. But she says it and then she's like, yeah, 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 for real. So it's not like I've caught them on the sly. But obviously these things happen. I, I, I genuinely believe that these things happen in, in families. But yeah, I was a little bit like, well, that's not true. That's not, I'm not only like that. I'm quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Auntie Nana version that has sis, a sister and a brother, not the clone. The clone can't answer. That's why she <laughs> the clone would have The clone would have a sister and a brother as well. Sisters True. and brothers. Similarly, uh, as Auntie Farah, it was actually my sister and husband were discussing the uh, more negative aspects to my personality. <laughs> and I was like, that is so not me. And then they gave the examples and it was like, oh, shit, I do do that shit. But I didn't realise that it was it was negative. But generally, like, if I'm not going to say something negative, if I'm trying to hold back from saying something negative... I look into space and they're waiting for feedback, but I'm trying to collate in my mind, what's the nicest way to say this? Oh, do you want to say it? Da, da, da. But it's in real time. And I guess that's really annoying or I ignore it. So they could be waiting for a reply and I've decided I don't know how to reply this. And then I've forgotten. It was just generally, and I was a bit like, oh, wow, you really do do some shitty things sometimes. So, but it just, made me aware I did I was in my feelings for a little bit like but I think that I'm 98 percent like a, a delightful person so that they had so many bad things to say was a bit like oh shit yeah can be a bit of a bitch sometimes but that's it I haven't stumbled upon some mass communication of my shittiness before because I'm a really nice person. <laughs> Go on, Nancy Shadow. Um, so I had a situation where I think, God, this is pre-16, maybe pre-14, I think. And I don't know who found my diary, but someone found my diary. But the thing is, my diary wasn't, I don't know if I've told this story before, but my diary wasn't like like truthful. I just used to make up stories because I liked writing stories. <laughs> But well, my story does, obviously, I'm going through puberty now. So it's becoming more and more sexual. But they weren't true. So I've, walked, I've come home and, like, not only my, my you know, my, my stepmom, my dad, my brother, his wife, like, <clears throat> like are just like, oh, my God. <laughs> what do you call it? I'm reading passages. I've come from home from school but late, so they've been discussed, they've been working themselves up. And do you know what I mean? And it's just like coming into this madness. Like, you know, like that phrase, like, you wish the, the ground was solid. You, that, yeah. I couldn't, like, <laughs> I couldn't escape. <laughs> well, I how that yeah. is terrible. Oh, that's that's trauma. Oh, I remember my mum found my diary once and she said to me, You shouldn't swear so much when you write. And I was like, Ooh. But Auntie Sade, I'm mortified for you. Sorry, I've just yeah, got. So sorry. <laughs> coming home, and they're just all there reading <laughs> passages. And 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 oh, sorry. Before we move on, did you were you able to plead your case? Did they believe that? They didn't were... believe me. They didn't freaking believe me because there was like passages, or there was like little bits of truth. So I'll be like, oh, can we just read to Brixton? 
really so my so my older brother was just like so you really don't like Brixton then oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Like, no but like why are you why are you in <laughs> that's terrible so it was like I'm I'm like saying you know do you know what I mean like so obviously oh, was just a mess cool. it was just like nah they didn't believe they didn't believe me that's one more thing that's the thing about big families as well when everyone gets involved yeah in your yeah. shit everybody yeah. knows and you're just like but that's not how it went and no one believes you and you've got to hear it from every single person yeah um do we have time for another dilemma or do we have to move on uh no let's move on oh this is our new section for the culture now this is when the aunties talk about something that's we've watched we've listened we've read or we've just seen and it's tickled our fancy and entertained us so um, today, I think what we're going to talk about, which I think everybody, well, a lot of people have watched and have got lots of opinions about, is part of the Small X series, film two, Lovers Rock, which aired, um, or Sunday just gone, Sunday. on BBC and BBC, and it's now available on BBC iPlayer. And as I said, it's the second film from the Small X series by Steve McQueen, and which is documenting British black history in various, through various stories. So Lovers Rock, in a nutshell, was just like, that just portrayed one night of a blues dance during the early 80s in the UK and well, the central theme was around the musical lovers rock but also going to a dance, meeting someone, scrubbing up and all that type of stuff and some of the things that happened on the, along the way in the night. So we thought this is something that we all watched and found it quite entertaining and interesting. So we're just going to delve into it a bit. Did you guys watch it and what did you guys think? I watched it. I didn't find it interesting. I thought it was the longest music video I've ever watched <laughs> in my life and I find it thoroughly boring throughout most of it and the bits that I actually found remotely interesting is the parts that lots of people are like I hated and I was like at least there was some drama like the the almost rape scene because there was some dialogue so I appreciated that and um the next day when it was all ending. Other than that, I was so disappointed. This felt like an add-on. We don't have enough time. There wasn't a script, but we committed to do five films. So let's just do this one on Lovers Rock. And mate, come on, when you're going to a Shabin's, bare things are happening in every room. We didn't even see this kitchen. We didn't see the mandem chatting. We didn't see girls queuing up for the toilet, having the proper conversations that take place in the queue to get into the toilet. It was just, it was a farce, really. I, I was thoroughly disappointed. Andy Shelley, did you watch it? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually watch it. But like, I'm, oh, I don't even know if I should say this, but like, unless it's like really good, I don't watch films like this. Like, I just don't, it's not really my, my cup of tea. I was watching Marisha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was really looking forward to this because it brought back a lot of memories. Like my auntie, back in the day, she used to do these raves, these blues dances. She used to house them. And like us kids, we would like creep down the stairs and go and say, oh, can I have a glass of water? And and she'd shoo us away, get upstairs! And we'd get told off and then we'd send, each of us would take a turn to go downstairs just to see what's going on. Like, so I was really looking forward to it. When I saw the, the trailer, it showed the guy with the cross. And if you're from West London, this is like a man that you've seen 
walking up and down with his cross like throughout your your early lives so i was really 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 looking forward to it and it started and i was like oh, okay this 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 is interesting oh this is bringing back so much memories oh this is great and then for me it just didn't go anywhere auntie nana your description of it being an extremely long music video is so on point i can't <laughs> even begin to to give you enough props for that it's almost as good as your no tax for black people thing but yeah I was, just, I was just disappointed because the thing is it was authentic in the sense of how they showed the setup for the blues and all of that kind of thing and how they did it and the food and this and that and the other but that was probably about it they didn't expand on any storyline as it was going on i was like oh so are they not going to talk about the character they're not going to you know show these characters and we were just supposed to you know, uh, uh, latch onto these characters and believe them, and it was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe what's going. I would like to know more about who's this guy in the phone box looking at her. Oh, it's her cousin. What? Where's that going to go? Nowhere. Okay. <laughs> so, who's this rapist who, or alleged attempted rapist who has blatantly been trying it all night? Where's that going to go? Oh, nowhere. Let's throw in a lesbian kiss. What for? No reason. <laughs> who's this Grenadian person with not a Grenadian accent? Where's that going to go? Oh, I know. Nowhere. It's her birthday. Where's that going to go? Oh, I know. Nowhere. Oh, he says he's Jamaican and he might be Jamaican and he has this Jamaican accent all night long. And then they go to his workplace and then his boss comes back and then he's a cockney. Where's that going to go? Oh, I know. Nowhere. So that's just how I felt with all of the characters. And I was very, very disappointed because I feel like it could have expanded. And, you know, if you look at the series as a whole, you've got Mangrove, which was amazing and delved into characters. And then you've got this next one with John Boyega coming. What is it? Red, White and Blue, I think it's called. And that yeah. immediately looks like it's delving into characters and the backgrounds of the characters and all of that kind of stuff. And I just felt that that was missing. I felt like they could have shown why this church girl, if she's a church girl, has to sneak out of her house. They could have elaborated on that. They could have elaborated on the relationship with her and her cousin. They could have elaborated on this this um, guy and where he's come from. It was just, they could they should have elaborated on the racism that, you know, you had these white guys outside making monkey noises and it went nowhere. It, yeah. For me, it just, it just continuously went nowhere. And I kept pausing it to see how much time was left. And I was like, okay, so then, really not going to explore anything else so it was just a little bit disappointing for me i i really felt like it had potential to do so much more and it just didn't work maybe if it was a series and this was the introduction i'm not sure i'd continue to watch it but i might just to see what else happened and to see if they would delve into the characters but yeah for me it's a no and if you haven't seen it i'm not going to say that you should watch it yeah oh, it's so interesting because i watched it i had to watch it first as a screener before interviewing some of the cast for the press junket and then I watched it again on the big screen and I actually enjoyed it I thoroughly enjoyed it and the reason why I enjoyed it because I just felt and maybe I'm I've seen it, if I'd seen it once maybe I would have said I'm drawing on nostalgic and being emotional but I've seen it twice and it had, I had the same reaction I still loved it um I think there was creative artistic license taken and I think it was I mean in the, again not to sound arsy but in the interview with Steve McQueen he repeatedly said, I'm an artist, I'm an artist. So, and he's, he is that guy, he's that creative. And I think, I didn't mind not having a full complete storyline because I really fell into it as in the moment of me not knowing, you don't know all the threads and all the stuff. You don't know about the guy that's chirps in you. You don't know nothing about nothing, just a little bubble. So I kind of watched it as a, I felt like a voyeur in a moment where I don't know all the setup. You don't know who's um, 
who's who and you don't know the situation and I kind of like that flying the wall I wondered where the guy I think the, the guy that played her um, cousin that had issues with Kidar Sterling Williams I liked him being a bit off and then coming in because I feel like I've seen pockets of these situations happened in various dances and I haven't I'm, I mean I'm of Ghanaian heritage I didn't grow up in a dance but I went to dances and obviously not ones in the 80s I'm not old enough so there's probably some authenticity things I've seen people saying that wasn't true but it was more leveraged at um the Natty Dread scene which I loved I really resonated with because I just felt like it was a freedom of spirit and I think it was beyond trying to capture because a lot of people are saying well that never happened I never saw I never I raved with dreads and it never went went like that but I think it was beyond that it was an artistic interpretation of and I really felt the spirituality of that I really loved that moment a lot some of the commentary I've seen has been oh white people are going to watch this and think that's how we are I was, and that's pissed me off a yeah, lot because it's like why when are we going to stop wanting white people to accept us and see us in this perfect light people are saying oh and I and I'm going to be conscious of speaking about something because it, it isn't about a, a Ghanaian house party. So maybe if it was about a Ghanaian house party that I have grown up in and the ways that these go, the way that they go, I might find some more things to say if it was portrayed in the same kind of mirror way as um, Lovers Rock. However, then people are saying that oh, you know, the rape thing and all that type of stuff, and it's going to make us look like a bad light. I'm like, but if you're talking about creativity and drama, there's always drama. And if the only thing that I felt was a bit like a bit odd was that he was able to come back in the dance and no one said anything but then that's also a reality because shit can happen especially when you're young shit goes down outside no and then you cover it up and you just get back to normal unless you go to the point of telling your mandem or your friends and causing a fight sometimes things like that happen and then don't get dealt with so i kind of felt like this wasn't i, I really didn't hate it. the way people are, are saying they hate it i really didn't hate it i actually thoroughly twice watching it enjoyed it and the only part yeah the extended silly games was a bit too extended, but I also got it because Steve McQueen has a signature lengthy scene in his work. That's his trademark now. And so I just thought, okay, this is Steve McQueen being Steve McQueen. Like, but, but like 40 minutes. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Game. It was an extended, I mean, it, again, it's whether you liked it or not, but that's his signature. And um, the Cockney thing I thought was funny because I thought that's exactly that. People that I've met people who've gone with a hard ass accent the next minute, all right, mate. And it's just the Cockney switch was there. And so I might think, my thing wasn't that he switched. My, as I've said, my thing is that none of the characters, you, it, it, their storylines went nowhere. And yeah, that's fine for a short film. If you yeah. are making a short film, then there's only so much that you can expand. This is a feature-length film. And I'm sorry, it just went nowhere. Like, I, I, I greatly appreciate it, as I said before, the authenticity of how the blues was represented, because that is, that's what I saw growing up. At, you know, that's what my auntie would do. She'd cook mad food. All the furniture would come out, this, that, and the other. You'd sleep downstairs and there's people crubs in on the wall. There's dri sweat dripping. All of that stuff was authentic. The music, the rasters, not how they were brucking out in the middle and doing all of that stuff. Because my uncle was like to me yesterday, that never happened. And... I understand artistic license, but for me, it was just lacking. There was, the, it yeah. could have done so much more and it just didn't do any of it. And that's, I, that's where I was like, no, I think, uh, I, think that, I think that's fair. Cause I think people again, and it is that, and I am coming from a perspective of seeing, no, I don't want to, and again, not to sound arsy cause everyone's, we're all in the arts and the media and stuff like that. So we've all seen lots of different variations of delivering art. But I did come at it like this is an extended music video. I think that's a. I don't even think that's a diss. It. I think that's um, 
one of those narrative story, uh, music videos where you don't know what's going on, but you have the scene play out in front of you. I think that's a quite good description of it. And I just didn't, I just didn't hate it. I didn't mind that I didn't know everything because I felt like I was at the dance myself and I don't know what's going on and I don't know everyone's backstory, but this is just the night. And then I, but again, I was really, because I felt every moment, I think I've experienced every single moment, haven't seen the dreads like that. But I think even speaking to the guys, they were like on set, it was one of those moments that just happened. It's one of those ones that you couldn't script, you couldn't write. And it worked for them because in the moment, because I think Steve was saying that, I couldn't even, direct, I didn't even direct anyone. It just happened, one of those type of moments. And I think that, and that's what I felt and I resonated with. So it's, it's just been very interesting to see the backlash because you know when you're not expecting it because you enjoy something so much. So it's interesting people not liking it because watching it twice, like I said, I really enjoyed it. I, I can't even imagine watching it twice. Uh, you know when you're committed, so you finish it, but it was probably 20 minutes in and my favourite part was the acapella silly games. And literally, um, she's actually a Facebook friend. The singer that was singing it, I enjoyed her part. Mm -hmm. literally that, and, I, and then it went on. And I was like, honestly, we don't need to hear this song anymore. It's too long. What I would have really have liked, and I like kind of abstract montage type of films. I actually really enjoy that but you're not showing us enough when all I'm seeing is you pan into people's faces and then a bit of dance movement and pan into a face again for 10 minutes straight. No, there's stuff that goes on in a shubs that this would have been a really good moment to show, to have, to have the banter that takes on. It's like, I, I didn't even want a story like that. I just wanted to see what takes place in a blues. Mm -hmm. And you uh, you didn't show that. And it was just like, no, you failed. So artistic or not, you failed to really take us down the nostalgic route. And I think all of the criticism, I hope he kind of takes that on board. Like, okay, I missed the mark on this one. Could have done better. Because I think we have so little representation of Black British culture, style, music, influence. and no, you can't. You can't, do, you can't play around with it because there's so little. So there is a huge responsibility exactly. when you get the, especially BBC, because we all pay towards that. So I think everybody's voice is valid that pays for their license fee because we paid for this, and he missed the mark. And I would love him to do like an open forum with people. Like I think more artists should do that. Like have have community discussions as an artist like actually it could garner more ideas as to what the community wants criticism is valid of art that's what it is you criticize art it is it's put, it's put out there and you have every right to just crit criticize it but also creatives can also be like well this is my version of it there are people out there there's room to do more and it is the problem of not us not having enough so the weight of expectation is on these people to deliver everything that everyone gets because there are people who enjoyed it so with your so for to say that he's failed he didn't fail with me and he didn't fail with others who liked it and failed with some people. So you can't, not everybody's going to be pleased by the same things. I don't think it's as deep as having a round table. I think what, as always, is the problem in the arts and stuff like that is lack of re representation. There needs to be room to tell more broader, more stories and more versions. I mean, Menelik Shabazz has his documentary, Lovers Rock, which is highly celebrated. There's films like Burning and, and Babylon and things like that, that also depict that time and capture that moment as well. Like well, if Steve and Kosha are really happy, and Kosha Newland was a co-writer, 
if they're happy with that piece of work, then let them be happy with that piece of work. I don't think it's fair then to say that unless they, because I, I think it's storyline that people are talking about, not, I mean, apart from being maybe people saying about the dreads being embarrassing, I don't find, I didn't find that embarrassing, but okay. And the extended silly games, this, you're critiquing someone's actual art rather than actually, this was like, you had them wearing go-go boots and it wasn't the time to wear go-go boots. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a false history narrative. It was a bad storyline to some people. So I think that's different as rather than them depicting people in a bad way or in a bad light, that's historically wrong. And that's where I think then a round table is fair. It's, no, it's not that what I'm referring to. I'm referring to artists that have access to public money that we should have an input into what as public we want to see. I think that's lacking. We never have this discussion. It's never been done. How would that work though? So we don't even know how it would go. Well, it's an open forum to actually discuss what do we see? What would we like to see? How can how can Black British style be presented? It's a, it's a discussion. They created something that really, I haven't seen so much criticism on, on something that like Black people produced in ages. Like there's been in almost every forum I've been in, people slating this. There's actually like a moment to discuss things with artists. Actually okay. get, get behind people to be like, let's discuss what we could do, what people want. How could it be presented? Why should it be just artists do things and the public don't get involved in a discussion with them? I think that's, I don't- Why should there be this separation? I don't agree. Um, Auntie Shade, because you haven't seen it, but this posing Nana's question to you, do you think that there should be a consultation on creativity when you're bringing something to like, if you're going to create something, should there be a forum amongst us? Before I, think, I think if you're using the public's money, then they should be able to have a say. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like crowdfunding, right? If you if you go on one of those platforms then they can have an opportunity, depending on how you set up, they can have an opportunity to put forward ideas and you know, contribute in some sort of way. I don't see it that different, really. Most of this world... It's very elitist anyway. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's just one person's vision. It doesn't take one person to create it. And the representation, especially if it's a black subject matter, like that representation means so much more than a regular, regular film or show. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. of the, the constraints that we have. So I think the black content generally has to be so much to so many people. So it's always hard to get that kind of like general consensus. But at the same time, you can't just because it exists have think that people will agree with it. That is an arrogance. Like everybody has been titled to not like things. And just because it's made doesn't mean I have to like it in any sort of way. That fact that he's made that could be because of his connections, his career path. I know he's critically acclaimed. I agree. On whose opinion? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I think that would be very difficult and a lot of things probably wouldn't get made if that's what happened. I think maybe afterwards there could be some like a review like now and then people can learn from things. But I think going to board every time you've got to make something, there would be so much stuff. This probably wouldn't have been made. You know, that like sometimes there's too many cooks. It could be an element of that. I'm all for artistic interpretation. I just feel like with this particular story, it was lacking. And as I said, for me, you could have taken 40 minutes off of this and it yeah. would have been brilliant. And I would yeah. have had a totally different experience with it. And I would have said, fine. If you're using public funds, though, this is what I'm saying. Like, if you're using our taxes to make content, 
Do you know what I mean? Maybe there'll be more of a variation in content that's made. Maybe there'll be better things that will be made. Maybe there'll be better storylines. The way those decisions are made doesn't necessarily have to be a board. It could be a poll. It could be, do you know what I mean? Something you could be part of the committee. Do you know what I mean? There's so many ways that you can do it. But like, I just don't like the fact of using public money. And then also as well, when things are made like, or or endorsed, yeah, made by the BBC or made with government money, it shouldn't be, but it gets a, a different kind of validation. And if people don't agree with that version, and a lot of people don't agree with that version, then it's like, it's a falsity. It can be seen as a falsity. Um, I don't know. I think it's problematic, man. But we generally just need more funding to do more stuff. We need to be able to make mediocre shit. That is the problem. There's not enough. We're extremely critical of it. If this was one of a hundred, I probably wouldn't say as much. Well, nobody would care. The thing is, we probably, those of us who are, or those of us, as in us, all of us who are interested in these things, we'll probably find stuff to criticise anyway. And I don't think it's any, I think there's nothing wrong with critiquing it. I definitely don't think you can have a town hall on everything before you make it. Nothing would get made in the way. And too many co- I'm not saying well. a town hall. I get it. I know. I'm just saying that as a, as a point that the consultation is a bit difficult. And with, even with people putting their suggestions forward, the interpretation of the suggestions, unless they're on the set and actually directing you, because you can only have one, you can only have so many people on set doing the thing and telling the story. So you can have all the consultation and your interpretation of what's come forth from the discussion is still going to be the same thing. And then that's it. So then we're stuck. Yeah. So that's definitely like you see with Game of Thrones in the last season, right? A lot of people didn't didn't like the outcome. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But through the whole process, like through social media, fans were able to put forth their theories, what they would like to happen, da da da. You don't know. And actually, I think some of the, the showrunners have admitted that some of that information got into the show. Do you yeah. see what I mean? So there is power in that. You know, we don't talk about that season, so shit. Like, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, it, uh, I think there's sorry. something about having that involvement and having that ability to be able to voice your opinion too, because that whole thing is just like, it's, it's a shared experience. I, I I don't know. I think it's mm, it's interesting. This is think- an interesting subject. We should go to the comments. We are running out of time, but I was. Oh yeah, let me not. Doesn't matter. Let's go to the comments and then move on. Everybody uh, hates it. <laughs> <laughs> you basically. Sid says yes. The setup was great, but once you're in the yard and the party started, it just silly games on and on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> yes, Auntie Farah. Apart, but this was Antoinette. Yes, Auntie Farah. Apart from the setup of the system, the dress sense, there was no authenticity. Um, Ronald says, I'm going to watch it. Aquia said, artists do consult on public art all the time. And Neodate says, we pay TV license, we get represented. We can't then say that we aren't being represented because we didn't like the interpretation. And then he also said, but you can contribute to a crowdfund and still not like the outcome. And then he also says, I'm with Auntie AK on this one. Ronald says, if the public had a say on every piece of art created using public money, would it still be art? Somebody replied to Neodate and said, brave man. (laughs) And he said, I agree with Auntie Sade. And Sonia says, I watched it, loved the music, but was disappointed overall. I wouldn't say it was rubbish. I accept it was his interpretation. It just didn't fit in with my experience. And that was for the culture. I think we did that for the culture, indeed. For the culture. 
Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to your aunties could never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, aunties, what's made you sad, mad or glad? So, oh, funnily enough, I am sad that Lovers Rock did not live up to my expectations. <laughs> I am glad that OG Aunt Viv got to have her say mm. and to put her story to light and, you know, clear up some facts. And I am mad that it took so long for Will to admit that he did wrong and that he didn't own it enough. I'm a little bit mad at that. Well, my mad is Will Smith as well. Like, I'm really annoyed at him for being a coward for all these years. I am glad about a couple of things. I'm glad about Black Friday coming up and what we've got going on with Everyday Friday. And we're actually launching a store for Natural Style Stories. I'm very happy about that. Amazing. Thank you. And then also I'm glad about Clubhouse, man, for for iPhone users only. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you guys. But Clubhouse is the truth, guys. I really like it. I think it's the best thing in (laughs) social media. Clubhouse, if you want to sponsor us, crack on. Then we can all have iPhones. Not that I want one, really. You do. I've got one. I don't like it. Okay, so I'm sad that I haven't heard from Trump in a little while. Kind of missing his tweet, missing his shenanigans. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm missing him. I'm mad at Will Smith as well. I just found him disappointing. And I'm also glad for Black Friday. Like, super excited. Implementing some marketing strategies that are working so far. And this is, like, my first year of really having my marketing hat on and not just putting on a sale on the Friday, like really trying to be strategic. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm sad because I was cutting something today and I literally cut into my thumb and it bled a lot. So I'm very sad because though it doesn't hurt now, you know, when it's healing, it's going to start throbbing like a mofo and I've got to type and do business and I cannot. I'm mad that Auntie Shadow keeps teasing me about being an Android user and trying to force me down to the dark, 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 dark tunnel of the iPhone user. I, I, I just don't want to play and I'm mad that I'm being forced and backed. I feel like this is like tech. Listen, listen, hold on. Tech. Don't go down the iPhone route. Okay. I'm the only one here that can say with chest. iPhones right. aren't all that, man. No, 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 I used to have, I used to have Androids, you know. I, I but you're an like. iPhone-y though, really, yeah, aren't you? No, I had an Android for years and and then I thought, this is trash. Was that like back in the day when they were like proper rubbish though? Like back in the day? No, 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 not too far away, but iPhone's just better, man. It's cool. And you can get things like Clubhouse early. And I'm mad that my dad <laughs> has been hijacked by... a iPhone promotion. I'm <laughs> happy like we might get some free ones. Hey, aunties could never sponsor by iPhone. Uh, <laughs> no, they'll, tap they'll tap us. And I'm also mad that I had an extra mad that my Fenty foundation is nearly finished. And where have I been for it to nearly finish? Because all these damn zooms, I've got to look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad that that's what you said because I've been asking you for weeks what you want for your birthday, and now you're talking about Fenty. You could have just said that, couldn't you? Okay, I'm mad that I'm being cussed for not knowing what to ask for for my birthday. But anyway, I'm mad that my Fenty's nearly finishing. It's not really nearly finished, but it's finishing way too fast for someone that's been locked up in a yard for like nine, ten months. It shouldn't. It should be full and pumped full. Anyway, and I'm glad. What was I glad about? I've forgotten all of that stuff now. I'm glad that I'm glad. I'm just glad. I'm in a good mood. I'm glad. Oh, what I am glad about 
or maybe I'll say that at the sign off. Let's 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 let's. Um, oh, and by the way, in regards to Trump, he's actually slightly conceded, hasn't he? He's kind of said him and his team will nicely make way for Joe Biden. Oh, finally! Really? Oh, no, 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 no! Don't make me mad. There's no. Did you say oh? He only said it because the Navy SEALs. Yeah. The Navy SEALs probably said to him, "Bruv, you even need nicely." They're yeah. not. The army's not back. Because they go with the president. So they were like, you either leave nicely or we make you. All right, let's go to the final section. Someone got anything to say? I'm going to go hit list. And do you know who's on my hit list? Oh, no, I'm scared. Yeah, I don't know. Every single British person in Dubai. Everyone, <laughs> all of them. How dare they go over there? Have fun, Catherine, over here. Fun, all of you. Look. I don't want to see your posts. I don't want to see your stories. I don't want to see any of that. People just kick, kick, kick with, with cocktails, partying, dancing. Well, we're suffering. Fun Dubai, in it. Yeah, bun all of that, and also bun the people who are now trying to cuss, saying that black folks going to Dubai is bringing down its value. Yeah, they're, they're to, yeah, bun them people, and also bun. Why did I not get the memo? I didn't get the memo. Anyway, it's, it's a generation younger. Yeah, yeah. They're a bit younger. But, yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi, we're the aunties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're cool. We're cool aunties. We can party. Our aunties could never. <laughs> we would have fit in. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody. That was your aunties could never. Episode 38. New information. Um, we have an aunties could never, aunties after dark late special edition where we will be discussing toxic masculinity. This is taking place this Sunday, 29th of November, 9 p.m. Be back here um, or on YouTube, wherever you like to watch us. Saying it again, your aunties could never, aunties after dark, Sunday 29th, 9 p.m. till late. We'll be discussing toxic masculinity. We'll have two special guests and we'll be breaking it down and getting a bit more sweary and aggy than we usually are. It's after hours after dark. So please join us. We I will With be cocktails or drink. Yeah, bring a drink and get your comments ready and you're cussing on and read up all your facts and stuff like that. And also hope you're enjoying our new time at 5 p.m. So every Tuesday we'll be back at 5 p.m. And um, I think that is it. Sorry, I just got a, Sid just put it's the Rodney P edition. <laughs> Allegedly, but anyway, we, we will show you discussing lots of things about toxic mm. So, any toxic men in the, his house, come join us and we'll read you your rights, to be honest, or plug come and defend your position in it, yeah, That's man. Come and defend why toxic masculinity is necessary, if that's what you feel. I feel like I could do a few cases for. Yeah, I mean, a missing tump, tr Trump, tump, tump, Donald <laughs> Trump, yeah. But okay, thank you. That was your artist, Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.